Texas Tech lost a familiar face in Terrence Shannon Jr. over the past week, but also managed to pick up their first transfer target of the 2022-2023 basketball season in Damarian Williams from Gardner-Webb. We'll break down the TJ departure, the Williams arrival, and much more on today's episode of Locked On Texas Tech. Our Locked On Texas Tech. Your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where over the last week we have surpassed 300 subscribers. So thank you guys all for making that happen. We really appreciate the growing support as we're excited to start getting into the off-season content. I'm Emery Lida, going solo today. I'm a longtime Texas Tech analyst and writer. Ryan is unfortunately unable to make it today, but we will be back and covering our continued season recaps going forward. But for now... We're just going to be breaking down the departure of TJ Shannon as well as the arrival of Demarion Williams. Certainly, this week was one of the more eventful ones in recent memory for Tech basketball. Obviously, you had the second week of the offseason. You started to kind of see how this transfer portal set was going to be taking shape. Obviously, we mentioned on our TJ Shannon review episode, which if you haven't checked that out, you can go in and check it out on every platform, but we've mentioned in that one how we were more optimistic that he was going to end up returning. But unfortunately, less than 48 hours after we recorded that, news got out. Shout out to Road Raider Sports for breaking the news that CJ had told people that he was not going to be returning to Tech. That would later be be confirmed within 24 hours by TJ himself. And unfortunately for Tech fans, this is the end of the road for TJ Shannon. He's already confirmed he's out. You obviously have now heard of some different schools that are targeting him, such as Illinois, UNC, Miami, Kentucky, even hearing some other other people like Arkansas as well have gotten in the mix. And so there's a lot of different schools going after him. But for TJ, this is officially the closed chapter on his book as a Tech as a tech athlete, and it's been a book of mixed results. I mean, obviously, came in as a freshman, started from day one against his fir- in his first game with Eastern Illinois, and looked like he was going to be a star player. I mean, he obviously had the first season of, of up and downs. He got injured late in the year, also had supposed attitude issues, but more than anything, I mean, he was a solid player in his freshman year. Ended up staying for a sophomore year, really developed as a player in that year, Got a, started developing the jump shot. His freshman year only made nine. His sophomore year, he was able to raise that to 30 made threes on 35% efficiency. And just in general, TJ turned into a really good offensive player his sophomore year. Ended up testing the NBA waters, wasn't sure if he was going to get back. And he came back to play with Mark Adams. And according to him, Mark Adams only for this year. And really going into the season was expected to be the guy for this offense. And unfortunately, that just didn't quite come to fruition for him. He had some eligibility concerns early on in the season that caused him to miss the first four games of the season. You obviously had some question marks about how his health was coming into the season after he dealt with some stuff later on in the 2021 season. And first few games was really good. We mentioned this again on the recap. I'm going to plug it again, but certainly he started the season off having 15 points in his first five outings. Three point shot was looking really good. His playmaking had taken another step forward. And then Suffered a back injury against Arkansas State. 
and it really just seemed to limit him for basically a month. He missed, I believe, eight games in a row in that stretch. And even when he came back, he just struggled to have the same burst coming going to the rim that he had. Defense wasn't quite at the level it was heading before the injury. And just everything about him took a backseat in that back injury. And so it was hard for him to get over that. I also think the fact that the team had so much success without him kind of skewed fans' perceptions of him. Obviously, you have that, and it's difficult for him to find a way back into the rotation. It just seemed like it was everything that could go wrong did go wrong for this season because he had the back injury. He had the eligibility concerns. He had the fact that this was a really deep roster, and it was kind of hard to find a defined place within the rotation. And then also had a little bit of an ankle injury that kind of limited at times this year. But more than anything, I just think that it was time to move on. And, I mean, I don't – I certainly am higher on TJ Shannon than I feel like most fans are. I've really kind of pushed back against the notion that he had effort issues or that his body language is bad. I think that you saw that in isolation a little bit. But it's really important to remember that he was dealing with a whole lot of issues this season. I mean, he had the back injury that really messed with him. I mean, you have to look at his mental state and think about the fact that he came into this season as a projected draft pick. He could have probably been a second-round pick last year. Chose to come back to play for Mark Adams. Chose to try to improve his draft stock, and it just simply didn't work out. And so I think you have to be a little bit sympathetic there. Could have been handled a little bit better. Yes, I definitely think announcing your intentions to transfer within 24 hours after the Duke game and before the team had even boarded the flight was a little bit sketchy and kind of off-putting from his end. And then certainly this last week kind of abruptly coming to an end and obviously having that come up so quickly was not a good taste. But certainly, I mean, he left it all on the court. I think you can look at his overall body of work this season and say that he, for how much he had to fight through, he's still a positive player. And you can look back at the last two years as well and say that he was one of your most impactful players for three years in a row. And very few tech players can say that. I mean, you look back and you have basically limited to guys like Keenan Evans and Zach Smith that have played at Tech for three years in a row and been a significant contributor in all three years. So for TJ to be able to do that, as well as Kevin McCullough as well, there's another story for another day. I think it's very impressive. And regardless of how the end, ending might have been a little bit messy, you have to respect it, respect his decision. And I wish him the best going forward. I don't think that it's going to be the end of the world for Tech to lose them. They still have a talented roster. Hopefully you can bring in some wings from the transfer portal, but certainly it sucks seeing a guy that had as much good memories from Tech as TJ did having to end in this way. But regardless, it's good to see him sort of have a conclusion because now you can move on to bolstering up the roster for next year. You have one of the three guys that you're kind of skeptical of, and obviously TJ, Kevin McCoy, and Kevin O'Banner. You have one of those guys out of the way now with their decision being made. Now you can focus on retooling the roster, can add an extra space. And it's interesting because within 36 hours of TJ's announcement, you had your first piece of the 2023 roster, and that would be Demarion Williams, the transfer for Gardner-Webb, who we're going to cover in the next segment. But first, we have a message from Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolution, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually have enjoyed eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't tried the Puffs, you are missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, such as the yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're all so good. These are going to be your new favorite bars. So all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolates. That's right. They're 100% real chocolate. They have low calories, high protein, 
and they can just replace your favorite candy bars with the flavor and they're overall better. A typical candy bar runs you anywhere between 200 to 300 calories and built bars have significantly less calories than that. So you can go down to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away with what the what it says. High protein, low, low calorie, high fiber, low carbs. Most built bars contain around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and roughly 17 grams of protein. And again, you compare that to a candy, car, it blows, candy bar, it blows it out of the water with over 240 calories whole bunch of sugar and dozens of net carbs and you will get the flavors and they're incredible too you have mint brownie coconut coconut almond and new for this month white chocolate cookies and cream they're all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time if built bar thinks a flavor might be good they'll make it it'll be delicious and it'll be good for you at built bar they're all about the taste they make it taste delicious first and then they figure out how to make it healthy i don't even know how they make it healthy but somehow they do it every single time so go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Thanks for making Locked on Texas Tech your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. And we're going to be talking about Demarion Williams coming forward to next season. And it is so nice to have someone finally on the board, a transfer for 2023. The first guy you bring in, and he's a 39% three-point shooter, one of the best shooters out on the market. He was one of 35, three, one of 35 guys in Division One basketball to shoot the ball over 200 times from deep and shoot at a 39% clip. So that's obviously very encouraging to see. But I mean, Williams is one of the guys with some of the best shooting in the entire market. I mean, you weren't going to find a you weren't going to find a shooter that had the ability to shoot off of the catch and shoot, also create his own shot some, and just in general be a lethal shooter. And I mean. Looking at Williams' game, the shoot, the shot is really what stands out in terms of his value. Obviously, he can create his own shot. He's been a little bit of a ball handler, six foot five. I wouldn't say that I'm extremely comfortable with him handling the ball a ton. I mean, he's been a little bit of a playmaker. He's shown showcased that ability through his college career, and he's generally speaking pretty well handles the ball pretty well. I mean, two point six to one point nine is his assist to turnover. If you watch the film, I would say. At times, he can get a little bit reckless with his dribble, and I think his inability to create separation is something that's going to limit him a lot. But just in general, this is a guy that has so much natural shooting ability. He's a composed guard, doesn't make a ton of mistakes with the ball. If you want to look at one of the biggest weaknesses he has, it's just his inability to get separation. I think it's going to harm him a little bit when it comes to finishing at the rim. He's obviously been a sub-50% finisher there for the last two years. But still, I mean, this is a guy... And Williams that has just the offensive ability to be a really good threat. I mean, obviously, Tech has missed the shooting this past year. I mean, you didn't have a single guard that was a positive shooter. You had TJ Shannon, those 39% on pretty low volume. Obviously, you had Bryson Williams and Kevin O'Banner. One of them shot a lot of volume at a decent rate. One of them shot not as much volume at a really good rate. And then you had guys like Arms, Warren, and then McCuller, all of them being kind of slightly below average for their three-point shooting percentage. And so... Having a guy in Williams and Demario Williams that is a noted positive shooter. I mean, he's already taken over 300 three-point attempts in his college career, and he shot over 39% on those. So I've got confidence in his shot. I think the rest of his offensive game is maybe a little bit of a work in progress. Like I mentioned, the lack of athleticism is a little bit of a concern. I mean, I don't think it's going to be like a massive liability. I don't think it's something that's going to keep him off the floor. Because certainly we're not talking about something someone that's a complete negative. Like he's not... Complete, he's not an Emory Lido level athlete, if that makes sense, but he's also 
not someone that you're going to be calling an elite athlete. Doesn't have any dunks in the last year. His ability to get to the rim and have burst isn't great. So a lot of his rim attempts are contested. And he has a relatively high percentage of assisted looks there for someone that's been guarded 17% over the last year. So for Williams, I think this is just something that he's going to have to deal with. But still, the shot the shot making is the biggest value. He can create his own shot. Maybe not a lot of separation, but he's a difficult shot maker. He's a 39% three-point shooter. He's going to give you much-needed spacing. And he's another guy that can handle the ball. I don't want him to be the primary ball handler. I don't think Tech wants him to be that. But if he can go in with a guy like Lamar Washington and, again, with Malik Wilson, those sorts of guys, and just kind of act as secondary ball handlers, I think it can really add to the versatility of this offense and continue to potentially give him the role and get him some good time offensively because we know that offensively his shooting is going to keep him on the floor. Defensively is where I think that I had to watch the most tape on to kind of get a better idea of what he is as a defender. And I came away pretty impressed. I don't think he's going to be some massive positive defender. Like if you're, he's not going to be in the Miley Wilson tier. I can go in and tell you right now, he's not going to be contending for a conference defensive player of the year or going to be someone that's going to make a massive impact on the defensive end, but he's a good positional defender. I think for all the lack of bursts that I've just mentioned, he's able to kind of position himself well, doesn't really get beat a ton off the dribble. Obviously, I think he's his best sort of trait is a communication defensively. He's good at anticipating pass lanes, getting in front of them. And while it doesn't really generate a ton of steals, he can be a disruptive force off the ball. And I think that's something the tech is going to be able to utilize a lot. I mean, when I'm looking at guys like that, I kind of look at someone like Kyler Edwards as sort of the benchmark for what a guy like Williams can provide. I mean, he's never going to be the real pesky on ball defender, the Clarence Adolier, or Miley Wilson that can just make life living torture for the ball handler. But he's going to be a guy that can really just be solid for you and not really cause too many issues. He's not going to ha- commit a whole lot of breakdowns, McClung-type breakdowns, so to speak. But, I mean, as a whole, Williams is a guy that I really like. I think that as a shooter, is gonna, he's going to be as solid of a bet as you're going to have on the next year's roster. I find it hard to believe that a guy that shot off the ball so well has been nearly a 40% shooter his entire college career is going to suddenly regress heavily. He might not hit 39% again with slightly more difficult competition, but I do, I do think that he can still be positive force. The only thing is his numbers against high-level competition have dwindled a little bit, but I think it's important to note that that's only a three-game sample size, and at least one of those, I mean, looking at the game against Duke last year, Gardner-Webb was so outmatched regardless of what they did that it didn't really matter what Williams was able to do. And so, I mean, I don't think it was an issue with him specifically struggling against the length of a team like Duke. It was more so just the whole team was in a funk. And so I don't put a whole lot of stock into that. I think he had a lot of good moments on tape looking back throughout his big, his big South season. And he was really a valuable player for Gardner. Webb. I would argue probably their best overall player. So as a whole, I'm going to continue watching tape on him over the next couple of weeks, but certainly early indications are positive. I think he can be a vital rotation piece. I don't know if he's going to be starting from day one or being one of the two or three best players on this team, but he'll have a role. The shooting is going to make sure he has the, has a role the solid defense is going to be important as well. I think he's going to be a good player. So coming up next, we're going to take a look at some of the guys that Tech can utilize to continue filling out the roster. But first, I have a message from Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season, which just started this past weekend. 
BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. So Texas Tech lost a player for good in Terrence Shannon Jr., gained another player in Demarion Williams, and now you look at next season and you just wonder what is this roster going to look like going forward. And I think it's important to note that you're still not really in the clear on how many guys are going to be coming back. Obviously, you lost TJ. You're going to lose Chibuzo Agbo. That's already been kind of confirmed. You've lost Bryson Williams, lost Adonis Arms, lost Davion Warren, lost Marcus Santos Silva. Don't know what Kevin McCuller is going to do. Certainly, from everything I've heard and everything that we've been hearing as of late, it sounds like he is going to either stick in the NBA draft or potentially look for a transfer, but you never know. I mean, McCuller is a guy that has a lot of tenure and a lot of history of tech. So it's hard. I don't want to make that decision for him and kind of project something that I don't know for sure, but certainly it would sound like the indications are looking more and more like he's probably 60 to 70% gone if I had to put a percentage on it. So not the greatest of numbers, but still up in the air McCuller. Same thing with O'Banner. I feel like it's trending more towards him probably not coming back, but there's a the potential for him to come back. He still has the year of eligibility. By all intents, it sounds like he had a good relationship with Mark Adams, and certainly he would have a role in next year's team and a valuable one at that. So don't really know for sure, but certainly those two guys are a little bit speculative. And then there's also always going to be the room of a guy like Miley Wilson or Clarence Nadolin potentially entering their name in the portal. It only sounds like he would be potentially more likely just because he has that eligibility where he could go and transfer and have immediate eligibility. That's not a guarantee of Miley Wilson. And also Nadolin has been here with three, for three years, and I feel like it might be time for him to find sort of another role. I mean, certainly I would love to have him attack, but you never know, and you never know kind of what he's looking for as a player. But regardless, I mean, you know, the biggest things you know is you're obviously bringing in guys like Lamar Washington, like Pop Isaacs, and like Robert Jennings as recruits. You, as I mentioned, you're bringing in Williams. That's four guys, and in, in addition to Jalen Tyson, who by all intents and purposes is basically a new addition for you. So that puts you in an interesting, interesting place because, but the, depending on how this roster ends up shaping up, you could end up having quite a few different spaces to kind of be able to fill. I mean, you look at the transfer market, you look at kind of how tech's been approaching it. And it looks like they've kind of been not as aggressive as what some people might've expected them to come into the season with. I mean, certainly you've seen, they've already landed Williams. They've got guys like Tyree key from Indiana state who they're going to be hosting on a visit within the next week. Obviously you've got Fardos Amik who is going to be really I'm at, who's going to be one of the most sought after transfers and is certainly one of tech's biggest priorities. But in general, depending on how the transfer decisions end up going, you could end up having anywhere between three to five spaces for transfers this season. Obviously, Williams has uh, has shown up one of those. You're going to have Tyreek. He is one of your key sort of he's going to be one of the key guys that you're looking after. Obviously, you've already taken a look at Perez Imac, and you've already kind of looked at guys like Antonio Reeves from Illinois State. You've got Tristan Newton from East Carolina as another target that you've had. So you've got those guys in general on the high end. I think all of them are going to be interesting to watch. Obviously, Isaiah Cottrell had a lot of interest in him early on in the cycle. Haven't really heard a ton of him about him lately. And you've got guys like Sean McNeil on the portal who have been targets from Tech and one of the guys that if Tech is looking for pure shooting that they're going to look after. But bringing in Williams as an off-ball shooter really shows kind of some of the emphasis that Mark Adams has put on shooting when it comes to building this roster. And obviously, 
last year you came into the season, shooting was a massive concern. You had Kevin McCullough and TJ Shannon, who were not really good three-point shooters through their college career. You had Adonis Arms, who was your most proven addition from a shooting standpoint, shooting about 35% one from three. And then you had Davion Warren, who had shown some potential to shoot, but his main role was as a slasher at Hampton and just basically doing everything as a scorer. So clearly the emphasis this season has been put on making sure you don't have a repeat of last year, where he only shot about 31% from three. It was one of the worst Big 12 shooting performances in the conference's history when it came to the shooting and conference play. I mean, that is something that you cannot repeat. I mean, Tech was able to get away with it last year, and I think a big part of that was just simply because they were so efficient defensively and then also within the paint offensively. But when you're shooting 28% from three in conference play, it's just not going to do well for you. So as a whole, that sounds like one of the biggest priorities. Obviously, with guys like Tristan Newton being a real target of interest, Antonio Reeves, and then obviously going down to some other guys as well that have been primary guards. Another key point of interest is just getting guys that can score. I think Malik Wilson and Pop Isaacs are going to be rotational pieces at the guard position that can provide you some good ball handling, but I don't feel comfortable having them being lead offensive generators. Certainly Antonio Reeves is not the playmaker that either of those guys are, but he can score a basketball. Tristan Newton is one of the best playmakers in the portal. And he can also score. So that's something that provides a lot of value for you. And just in general, I mean, the guys that Tech have been has been looking after during this first stretch in the portal would indicate that they're looking after guys that can kind of do both in, certain, in terms of creating their own shot and also being efficient playmakers. And I just think that offensively is where Mark Adams is really sort of looking at shaping up this roster. Obviously, you want to have the defensive intensity, but there was a quote from last year about how Mark Adams was talking about how he can bring in offensive players and teach them to play defense. I don't think it's exactly something that's a one-to-one. I don't think you can sort of teach a complete negative defensively. Obviously, there's some defensive value and intensity that you're looking for in the portal, but certainly getting the offensive players, guys that you know are known commodities when it comes to being able to score the basketball and shoot well, I think that's going to be really a crucial part of this. And so... If you're looking at potential targets, obviously Tristan Noon and Ferris, I mean, IMAC are probably the two biggest targets left on the portal. Obviously Tyree Key as well from Indiana State. Those are, that's another guy that Tech has really been going after hard. Sounds like it could be down to them in Tennessee for his recruitment, but obviously it's still early on in that process, and he's got to take a couple of visits. So it's early on in general, but certainly seems like shooting is a priority, playmaking is a priority, getting guys that have played at a high level and – can provide a lot of value to you is going to be one of the most critical aspects when you're looking at how tech can shape up in the portal. So we're going to continue to cover that going forward. We've already had numerous podcasts on what the philosophy for building the roster should be. And we've now seen a number of different targets that tech has looked at that kind of fit along the lines of what Mark Adams is looking to add to this roster. So obviously we'll be back later to kind of discuss more of the specific targets. Obviously there's a lot to go down there when it comes to, who's visiting, who's who has taken their final three, and eventually who commits. And so there's a lot to cover there, but we'll get there. And for now, I just think it's interesting to look at what sort of profile guys that Tech has been looking at, which are peer scorers and peer shooters. And so that's that. We'll be back tomorrow to kind of discuss a recap or a season recap for Blue's Kevin McCullers, our next one. So be sure to check that out when it comes out. Ryan and I will both be there. 
be happy to be back on with both of us and recording again. So in the meantime, though, you can check out all of our stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at Eraser41. You can follow Ryan at our Mainville LBK. You can follow the show Locked On Texas Tech Podcast at Locked On TTU, where we post all of our episodes and occasionally provide some insight and pipe into our next one. But certainly continue to sub- to subscribe. Find us wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate all the support and the reviews that you guys have been leaving, the, the help and sort of the advice that you guys have been giving us. And we'll continue to implement that going forward and continue to make improvements. But we appreciate all the support, and we're looking forward to continue, continuing to covering the off-season content. So thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft, draft where Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with inside analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It is free and available wherever you get podcasts. So thank you for listening, and I will see you tomorrow.